So thankful to the wonderful Lord for all that he has done. Brother Diaz is no stranger. He and Caleb and Micah have been with us for several years and uh, all throughout these years, but, but New Year's Eve several times. And he has always brought a word from God to bring clarity, to bring direction. We know tonight the Lord has given him a word for us. And we're going to receive that in Jesus' name. We, we love him. We thank God for his ministry. We love this family. Could you receive them with a warm hand clap of welcome in Jesus' name? Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praise unto God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. He is an awesome God. He has been a good God in 2020. Uh, the world is, uh, has gone mad, but, but God is a good God. God is a good God. I honor Pastor Urshan and all of uh, you precious saints and ministry here. It is always a blessing and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord and a tree of life with you all. I want to go right into the word of the Lord in the book of Psalm, the book of Psalm, and I'm going to read a very popular Psalm, Psalm 150, I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 6, Psalm 150, verse 1 through verse 6. And the Bible reads as so in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament, in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. And praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. Why don't we do that for the next several seconds? Why don't we praise the Lord in his sanctuary? Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify your name. We give you all the glory and honor that you so richly deserve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to speak to you here several minutes on this subject. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary, in his sanctuary. Uh, you may be seated. The book of Psalms is divided in five parts. Like a well-coordinated symphony, each psalm was placed in its proper order, leading up to the very last few psalms which are called the Hallelujah Psalms, the five Hallelujah Psalms. And in a mighty crescendo, we finally land in the exhilarating climax of it all, Psalm 150. How intriguing to me that the psalm 
that was chosen to end the whole book of Psalm, the Psalm that gives us the where, the why, and the how of praise. Of all the ways that it could have begun the list, after admonishing us to praise the Lord, it begins this list with praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary. What is a sanctuary? Well, the word sanctuary is made up of two Hebrew words, Kadesh and Mikdash. Kadesh means holy, which literally means separate or transcendent. And Mikdash means temple or a sacred place. So sanctuary refers to the place or the temple that has been consecrated to the worship of God where God is believed to meet his people. In the Old Testament, the sanctuary referred both, uh, was used both in reference to the temple of Solomon and also to the tabernacle of Moses. It was used of the place where the people gathered to meet God corporately, where the people had agreed this is going to be the chosen, the separate, the consecrated place where God is set to meet his people. Now, I know that the sanctuary refers to a physical location, but I also understand on this night that the worship of God can take place literally anywhere that God is. Jesus talking to the woman of the, at the well said, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. In other words, worship will no longer be restricted to a physical location. And especially not the physical location where religious procedures were once conducted in a works-based system. Those physical temples would no longer be where God would meet his people. But one thing I love about worship is that you don't have to be confined to a certain location to do it. Uh, one thing I love about worship is you don't have to get to the four walls of a building in order to worship your Lord. But all throughout the Old Testament, men built altars everywhere wherever they arrived in order to sacrifice and worship unto God. And uh, on their way back from big victory, Israel at war, the people of God sang and worshiped. During feast days, they sang in their homes. You're not restricted to a physical building to worship. I mean, the psalmist even said, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let them sing aloud on their beds beds. And in the New Testament, worship is no longer restricted to a physical temple because our bodies are now the temples of the Holy Ghost. We are to offer it unto God as our spiritual worship. In other words, wherever our temple is, there should we worship. Paul said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or and doubting. And he knew a little something about that because he and Silas prayed and sang in a prison at midnight. Listen, if you can pray in a prison, then singing and worshiping and praising, can be done just about anywhere. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning to worship your Lord. You can worship anywhere that God is. 
How many know that you can worship in your car? As a matter of fact, some of the best worship experiences I've ever had in my life have been on my way to school or on my way back from work or on my way back home. You can worship at home. You can worship in your shower. Amen. You can worship at Walmart. Amen. Sometimes even while I'm out there picking the, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly, uh, there's a praise that slips out of my mouth and sometimes just, you know, how great is our God comes out of my mouth and before I know it, there are people watching me. You don't have to restrict the praise. I'm the worship of your God to a physical location, but praise be unto God anywhere that his presence is. You can lift up your voice and worship him. Amen. I absolutely love to worship the Lord just about anywhere. However, tonight, I, I think that one of the things that the enemy of our souls has tried to take away from our culture, and specifically in 2020, and that's why I feel like we need to refocus the church back to this, is that in these last days, the enemy of our soul has tried to take away the praise that is duly given to our God in his sanctuary. I, I, I get that we can worship anywhere, but I'm telling you, he knows how important it is for you to get to the house of God. He understands how important it is for you to gather with your saints in corporate worship. So hell will do anything in its power to keep you from getting to the house of God. I get that we can worship anywhere, but for the church, the crowning jewel of worship is when we get together as a congregation to lift up our voices in unity and worship his name together. When we hear him speak to us corporately, nothing can substitute corporate worship. You should make it a yearly resolution. As a matter of fact, you should make it 2021's resolution. That corporate worship will be high on your list of things you emphasize every single year and especially in 2021. The writer of Hebrews commands us to not neglect the assembling of ourselves together as such is the manner of some. There is a power when we come together into the sanctuary to meet God here. I understand that nowadays we've got Facebook Live and I don't in any way, shape, or form want to discount that there is some, 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 you know, uh, some, some great things that have come from technology. And I understand that there are times when those uh, means have got to be put in place but nothing can substitute you coming to the house of God to physically gather together as a people and worship the Lord. Now let me tell you something. I know that they're trying to restrict us from coming together into the house of God for whatever the cause may be. But this is no longer a political issue. This is a religious issue for the church of the living God. 
I'm going to tell you why. A church that does not gather is not a church. Because ecclesia, the very word church means the assembly together of believers. If you restrict us from gathering, you restrict us from being the church. The church is the house of God that comes together in order to worship their king. It's the very reason we left Egypt in the first place uh, to go out into the desert to come together as a people and to give him all of the praise. Uh, if you restrict that, you keep the church in Egypt. Uh, I'm telling you it is time that the church comes back uh, into the gathering together to worship uh, the name that is above all. According to a 2017 Gallup poll, about 70% of Americans claim to be some sort of Christian. And yet in 2018, in a survey, only 22% of Americans attend church every Sunday. That, my friend, is a big drop-off. That goes to show you how little people think of church attendance and how little people think of the Lord's Day and public worship. And as America has gotten farther and farther away from its Christian values, we no longer see the importance of getting together with the saints on the Lord's Day. I'm going to tell you right now, that was not my testimony. And I, I, I'm going to tell you right now why. It was because that's what my mother instituted in me at a very early age. We would wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning every single Sunday. And we would go to church on a fast. And I know nowadays, you know, kids have options nowadays. That was not the way that I was raised. My mother was half mom, half Freddy Krueger. And I'm going to tell you right now now, there is no way you can get away from that woman. She made it a point in my household that on Sunday, that was going to be the Lord's Day. It was going to be respected. We were going to honor the Lord's Day. We were going to go to church on a fast. You weren't allowed to eat breakfast. You went to church on a fast. And the devil is a liar. If, you, if I thought I could pick up a little video game of sorts or, you know, watch a little, we didn't have anything to watch anyway but if, you know nowadays I see kids doing that stuff listen you do you I'm not I'm not here to tell anybody what to do I'm just telling you my experience when I was growing up you know you weren't allowed if you got ready before my sisters did I had to go into the living room and read some bible verses until they got ready then you got in the car and you begin to sing the songs of Zion until you got to the house of God then you got to the house of God and it, it reminds me of the time I was at Disneyland and I saw a mom out there. there. There was a little kid that was crying and kept crying and crying until she grabbed him by the neck and said this is the happiest place on earth and she said you will rejoice. You will have a good time. You will get on that ride. That my friend was my mother. She would grab me and said this is the house of the Lord. You will rejoice. You will speak in tongues you will have a good time you will serve the Lord with gladness the only sin we weren't allowed to sin in my household on Sunday 
The only sin, that's why whenever I breathed, I breathed very carefully because that was a sin. But I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, the only sin allowed in my household on a Sunday was gluttony because right after service, boy, there was a, a good time, good time to be had in the Lord and at the buffet. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is no longer the case in our culture. In our culture, kids are allowed to choose whether they're going to stay home and play their fantasy football or watch, you know, days of our lives, you know, or do their thing. Or are you going to go to your little, little league game? Or what are you? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that kid right there is a, is a top-notch athlete. He played for Mario Ellie. He was a coach. Mario Ellie was one of the Houston Rockets, uh, you know, Houston Rockets players that uh, won the championship championship in 94, incredible NBA player, and he was his coach on an AAU traveling team, incredible, but I'm going to tell you, I stood up to that coach and I said, coach, I'm going to tell you, that's a good boy right there, and that's an athlete, and I know that sometimes you have tournaments on Sundays, but let me know before I put him in here whether that's going to be a problem for you, because that boy is not going to make it to a game on Sundays. We may at a point in my household that the Lord's Day is a day we honor. The Lord's Day is a day we're going to keep holy. And somebody asked me, what are you doing that your boys are still serving the Lord in this generation? I'm going to tell you what, I made it a point. Listen, I'm, a, I'm really frugal with my money, but I made it a point when it comes to coming to the house of God. I remember being in Hong Kong one day, three in the morning, and my son texted me, Dad, we don't have a ride to church today. At three in the morning, I had to wake up and order an Uber to come get him. Spent over $50 for him to get to just one regular Sunday service. But I made it a point, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And somebody ought to get that same passion about the Lord's Day. We need a revival of it. We need a passion for it. Come back to the house of God. Sunday had absolutely no religious or social importance in the Jewish calendar. Hardly anybody in world history you can read all the books you want. Hardly anybody in world history spoke of Sunday with any particularity. It was like every other day. So what happened to make Christians begin to memorialize this particular day? I've been around the world. In China, the Philippines, Europe, Australia, Central and South America, the Caribbean. I mean, you name it. I've been there, Pacific Islands. Uh, a couple years ago, I was in Morocco. And even in Morocco, 98% Muslim. On Sunday morning, you see Christians begin to get up. Some of them secretly and begin to go to their houses of worship. They took me out to the side and said, you better not ever say Jesus in public. 
conflict in certain places. He said you can do it while you're in the four walls of your building, but do not ever say it in public or we will jail you. And I'm going to tell you right now, even in Morocco, I had to take a taxi over to the house of God. And they all, every place I've ever been to has come to worship the Lord and gather together on the Lord's day. So why is it? Why as Christians do we memorialize this day? Why is it that as Christians we still come to the house of God together? Is it a command? Is it just a tradition? Is it is it is it just part of culture? What was it that made us begin to memorialize this day? There was no special interest in Sunday before. What made it a special day? Well, the first time you ever see Sunday begin to be mentioned in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1. That's the first time you ever see it. It says, now after the Sabbath, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said. Now come see the place where the Lord lay. Our God have mercy. That's the first time you see it mentioned. And notice it does not say Sunday. It does not. It says the first day of the week. Nowhere else. There is no reference to the second or third or fourth day of the week. It got its own name. The first day of the week. As a matter of fact, the Greek, cons the Greek construction of this phrase, the first day of the week, is so weird. It's it's. How we know it got its own little name. The first day of the week, it's something like the one. They didn't use the common Greek word for first that is shown everywhere else in scripture. They used the, the word one in the Greek to name it the one day after the Sabbath. The one day after the Sabbath. That's how they began to call it. It was the first day of the week. And then the angel said, and go quick. There was an urgency in the angel's voice to go tell the disciples. And they said, but we want you to go quickly and go tell the disciples. You know why? Because a lot was going to happen on that day. They didn't want to, they didn't want to wait until the next day. They didn't want to wait until Tuesday. A lot was going to happen on that day. So they said, go quickly, go quickly. Well, what? happened on that day verse 9 the first worship service and as they went to tell his disciples behold Jesus met them saying rejoice and so they came and beheld him by the feet and worshiped him and then in Luke 24 and 13 it's when you have the disciples on the road to Emmaus now behold two of them were traveling that same day that same day see a lot was going to happen on that day 
day. And then the first sermon was preached as the Lord began to break bread with them. It was the first fellowship and sacrament. And he began to explain the scriptures unto them. And their eyes were opened up on that same day but then in John 20 19 through 23 you have the first commission and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in 19 then the same day at evening now you get to evening but on the same day the same day being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them peace be with you and when he had said this he showed them his hands and his side and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord so Jesus said to them peace to you as the father has sent me I also send you and when he said this he breathed on them and said to them receive ye the Holy Ghost receive ye the Holy Ghost now Everybody got to service on that day. This was a specific day, but somebody missed service that night, that evening. You know who it was? His name was Thomas. This is why it's important that you get to every single service. I'm going to tell you why it's important you get to every single service. It's not the same for somebody to tell you what happened last Sunday. It's not the same for somebody to say, well the glory of God came down oh hey I'm gonna tell you you don't ever know when the resurrected Christ is gonna come through the doors and there's a miracle in the house for you and you don't want to miss the day when God has set it forth in the annals of eternity I've got a miracle that is set for you I've got a blessing I've got a word that's specific to your very need and that's why you've got to show up every single Sunday in my lifetime I can count on well now because of 2020 before I could count on one hand but now because of 2020 I can count on both hands how many times I have missed a Sunday service in my lifetime I remember trying to get out of coming to church when I was a teenager and I would tell my mom that I had the flu and sometimes it was really serious and I would tell her listen I've got the flu and she would say, well, I am so glad I'm going to take you to church so that the elders can lay hands on you and you will recover. Amen. It didn't matter that I infected the whole church with the flu. It didn't matter that some died because of my flu, but I was going to get to the house of God. I don't recommend that. So Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, John 20, 24 through 28, was not with them when Jesus came. See, listen, you've got to get to church because in every service there is a seed that is being planted. And sometimes it's not even, you know, you listen to a sermon and you go, that's not even for me. I know somebody else that needs that. We're so generous. But a seed is being planted in every service. 
I remember, I remember a certain message that somebody preached years ago, years ago. And I remember looking in that congregation and thinking to myself, my God, this sermon right here is going to minister to that person that is going through a divorce. My God. And I was praying for that person. But I'm going to tell you what. I listened and I was happily married at the time. I listened to every single word that came out of that preacher's mouth because I wanted, I want the word. I don't care if it, there's no relevance to me. I want at the moment, I want the word in my heart. I want to hide it as much as I can. I want to dissect it. I want to digest it. I just remember five years after my divorce, one more, one evening, I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, remember that word that he spoke. Listen, that's what happened to the disciples when the Lord told them that I will rebuild this temple in three days the bible said they didn't understand it at the time it's after his resurrection they said oh remember the lord told us this was going to happen there's a seed being planted in every service that's why you can't miss a service thomas called a twin one of the twelve was not with them the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now watch this, verse 26, because this, this is pretty powerful. And after eight days. Now, y'all have got to understand this. In, in Jewish culture, whenever they said eight days, that's the way they called the next week. The next week, even in places outside of the United States of America, they still do this. My mom and dad still do this. They're wrong. I try to explain it to them mathematically, but they won't accept it. You can't say in eight days, referring to, you know, that's the way I was taught. It's seven days. Mathematically, I try, but they say, no, it's eight days. You count the day that you're on, and they say eight days. Well, anyway, in Jewish culture, that's the way they refer to the next week. Do you realize the Lord said, the Lord Lord could have met him at a Tuesday Starbucks meeting and said, come on, Thomas, this is me. The Lord could have met him on a Zoom call on Wednesday and say, hey, Thomas, this is me. I really showed up last Sunday. He could have met him on Thursday in his little small group, and all of those are valid. But he said, uh-uh, I'm not going to wait till Tuesday, till Wednesday, until Thursday. But after eight days, his disciples were a Again, inside they were gathered together inside and Thomas now said I'm not going to miss this service if the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out I'm going to be here if the resurrected Christ is going to show up I'm going to be here he said after eight days Thomas was with them Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus makes two post-resurrection appearances and shows up to his disciples, both of them on the first day of the week. Yeah. I know some of you are going, well, that's a little stretch, though. That's probably a coincidence. 
Well, let me just let me just bring this up for your for your personal edification. When do you think the Pentecost fell? What day did Pentecost fall on? The Lord said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He could have showed up on a Tuesday. He could have showed up on a Wednesday. That's not how he did it. Uh-uh. The Bible said, and on the day of Pentecost... On the day of Pentecost and on that day, when the day was fully come, they were all in one place. They were all in one accord when suddenly there came a sound. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. When did this happen? Well, he makes the promise of the Holy Spirit in John 14, John 15, John 16. But it's fascinating that this all happened on the day of Pentecost. Pente, that, that prefix meaning 50 or 5, 5. That's where you get Pentagon from, 5. So what this means is 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after the Passover. Well, I don't have to make this thing up or look into historical records to find out when that day fell on. You know why? The Bible tells you so. In Leviticus chapter 23, 15 and 16, it tells you when the day of Pentecost, what day it falls on. It says, and you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath. What's the day after? the Sabbath Sunday and it says count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering seventh Sabbath shall be completed he said from the day after the Sabbath seven times seven is 49 and then you add the Passover is 50 so what happened on the day of Pentecost when Sunday came at nine in the morning while they were assembled together that that's what the Bible said. Suddenly, the Holy Ghost swept through that building. You don't want to miss another Sunday service. It's when the power of God decides to fall. I wish you can get this in your system for 2021. There's no reason. Listen, we are building a sanctuary in this city. A sanctuary unto God. A sanctuary where the people of God can come in the beauty of his holiness and lift up holy hands unto the Lord and gather together and worship his mighty name. This is important. Acts 20 and verse 7. Now on the first day of the week, they began to say this term. Same term they used for the resurrection is now being used for when they gather together. On the first day of the week, on the one day of the week. When the disciples came together to break bread. And then 1 Corinthians 16 and 2. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. And then in Revelation, the Lord's day. It became the Lord's day. It was a nickname among them probably to differentiate from what the pagans had called it which was a day celebrating the sun, the sun god it's where we get Sunday from it's where they celebrated the sun and so they said no, we don't celebrate sun S-U-N, we celebrate the sun S-O-N and so we're going to give it a different name, they never called it Sunday again, now they called it the Lord's Day in Revelation 1.10 I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. How would you know that preacher that it was 
that, that they called it the Lord's Day? Well, because you read the letters from all the founding fathers from first, second, and third, uh, from the first, second, and third uh, uh, centuries, and you will notice that in all of their letters, they never refer to Sunday as Sunday. They refer to it as the Lord's Day. Letters from Ignatius and Justin Martyr and Clement of Alexandria and Tertullian, whenever they wrote to each other and to the saints in the church, Church, they refer to Sunday as the Lord's Day, the Lord's Day, the Lord's Day. They use this phrase as the first day of the week. And now I come to you and I ask you, what do we come to do when we come to the house of the Lord and into the sanctuary? That's what Psalms 150 is for. When we go back, he said, praise the Lord and then praise him in his sanctuary. Why do we come together as a people of God? I've got a million things I can give you, but I'm going to tell you the primary purpose for coming to the house of God is to praise the Lord in his sanctuary. That's what we come to do when we come to the house of God, to praise the Lord. The Lord's day is the assembly of the saints. Can I tell you right now we thank God for all of our guests if you're here and you're visiting we thank God for you and we're going to try to make it as comfortable as possible for you to be able to join us but this here this here this worship right here is not for everybody this worship right here is for those who have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb who have put their faith in Jesus Christ amen Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, America. We don't need lights to worship our God. And we don't even need a sound system. We don't even need carpets. We don't even need rugs. But man, if you have the ability, do the best that you can. It's all right. But that is not what makes it a sanctuary. What makes it a sanctuary is that this is the place that has been consecrated. This is the place that has been sanctified. This is the place that we have said we'll meet you here and we'll hear your word and we'll sacrifice to you and we'll hear you speak to us. It's in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary. We come and we worship the Lord. We come and we worship the Lord. But why? Why do we worship God as I bring this to a close? I'm going to tell you why we worship the Lord in this sanctuary. Well, the psalmist tells you why. You praise him for his mighty acts. The reason we are gathered here on December 31st, 2020, it's been a tough week, for a tough year for many of us. We have lost colleagues. We have lost family members. We've lost relationships. For many of you, it was your first holiday without a significant person in your life. I know, I know this has been a tough year. For many of you, you lost income at your job. It's been a year. I'm going to tell you, I, 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 
I'm going to tell you, it's been a depressing year for me. It's been a depressing year just with everything going on in the world and politics and the church people just dwindling down. Every church I visit, attendance is down and it's just pretty depressing. It's a gloomy, but the, the reason we come to the house of God on December 31st in 2020 is because we realize that every good gift and every perfect gift it comes from above we come to the house of God to say thank you for your mighty acts thank you because had it not been for you on our side thank you because you saved us thank you because you redeemed me thank you thank you thank you We praise him for what he has done. That's what that means. Praise him for his mighty acts. We praise him for what he has done. Well, somebody said, I don't know what he did. Well, I I'm glad you said that because I'm going to tell you what you ought to praise him for. Go over to Psalm 146, verse 5 through 9, and it'll tell you what you ought to praise your God for. It said, a happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help. I'm going to tell you why this is a happy people. You that are visiting here tonight, I'm going to tell you why this is a happy bunch. I'm going to tell you why we dance the way we do. I'm going to tell you why we shout the way we do. I'm going to tell you why we sing the way we do because we've got the God of Jacob for our help. hope is in the Lord his God and now if you don't know what to worship the Lord for here it goes it said who made heaven and earth somebody say yeah he made the sea he made all that is in them I wish I had about three people who would have helped me here tonight I said he made he keeps truth forever he executes justice for the oppressed he gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. That's why you ought to praise him You praise him for his mighty acts. You praise him because he created the universe. He sustains the universe. He's the one that delivers you from death and sin and hell. He's the one who is your savior. He saved you. He redeemed you. He's the one who continues to protect you. He keeps his covenant. He gives you continuing life. You praise him for all that he has done. 
Go, 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 go back to Genesis and you recite God's wonderful works and say that God one day he stepped out on the edge of nothing and he created everything. He spun into the void, the whirling worlds that we know as planets. He scattered across the sky the blazing stars and suns and moons that we know and the infinity of his universe. He created this planet and then he stooped down to this planet and he created a living thing and finally men and breathed in him the breath of life and he was made in his own image he put in him in a paradise and when he sinned and when he fell he sought to redeem him and in that process he called out a people whom he delivered from bondage by the miraculous parting of the Red Sea and miracle after miracle all the way up to the life of Jesus and his death and his resurrection and you begin to recite that you begin to rehearse that and then you've got something to praise the Lord about I've, I've got to tell you, you don't even have to get to the word uh, to have something to praise God about. Uh, if I were to pass this microphone uh, around this sanctuary right now, uh, you'd get testimony after testimony from somebody who will tell you, uh, I was in a miry clay, uh, but the Lord brought me out. Uh, I was sick, uh, but he healed my body. Uh, I needed deliverance. Uh, he delivered delivered my soul my son was sick but he did something for him so I've got to dance excuse me I've got to praise excuse me I've got a song in my lips God has been good to me has anybody got a testimony here tonight gonna tell you right now one of my favorite reasons we gather together is because in the multiplicity of praise in the multiplicity of praise is when you can get a complete picture of God the multiplicity of praise let me explain that to you I know Micah that's my son but I don't know Micah as well as I know him whenever Caleb's around because when Micah's hanging out with me by ourselves he doesn't understand my jokes in his words dad you wouldn't understand you're from the 1900s his words he doesn't crack a smile when it's just us two. So I wouldn't know him as well as I do if it wasn't for Caleb. Because when Caleb's around, the dude cracks up. And I look over and I go, you smile? You're actually a happy human being. 
But I wouldn't know him as well as I do if it wasn't for other people bringing out the fullness of who he is. There are things I can't learn about God from simply reading and from simply praying in my prayer closet. See, I've I've lived a, a very healthy life. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I've never been really hospitalized other than, well, I can't tell you, but I've never been hospitalized in my life. I hardly ever get the flu. I mean, in a global pandemic, not even COVID wants me. So I read in the Bible that God is a healer. And that's kind of cool. But I've never really truly been healed that I know of. So I come to the house of God. Because surely somebody here has got a testimony. How you had stage four cancer. But if it had not been for the Lord who stepped into your situation, brought you out of your bed and gave you new life, somebody here has a testimony that's going to edify me and I'll know God to be the healer he is through corporate worship. That's why we come together. I need your praise in order for my experience of the presence of God to be full. When the angels in Isaiah 6 gathered together, they were not crying out unto God, holy, holy, holy. When you say he touched me. You didn't say you touched me. You said he touched me. You're talking to me. So my faith is lifted. So the beauty of his holiness gets in focus. That's why you've got to come to the house of God. Even when you utter the word, hallelujah. I don't know where we get this from, but some have said it is the highest praise. Honestly, I don't know. I've searched it. I really don't know why it's the highest praise. We say it's the highest praise, but hallelujah, the highest praise. Do you know, have you ever thought about what hallelujah means? Hallel is the word, common word for praise, one of the many words for praise. But hallel in the Hebrew is an imperative. That is, it is a command. It's not a noun. It is not the common word for praise. That's why when we translate it, Hallel, you'll always see it translated, praise ye. It's a command, praise ye. The five hallelujah psalms, they all start with praise ye the Lord. To praise what we find in corporate enjoyment in. And our joy is fulfilled when others join in.
That's why a grandma can't keep it to herself on Facebook when she gets tagged in a picture of her grandkids. She wants to share it. She wants the world to know. She wants her other, her, her other friends that go to 50% off at Denny's. She wants them to also know. Listen, girl. Look at my grandkids. Aren't they beautiful? Because my joy is fulfilled when others come in agreement with me. And it's in the likes that my joy is fulfilled. Yes, like him more. Yes, those are my grandkids. Go grandkids. Aren't they beautiful? Yes, they are. Here, my joy is fulfilled. Whatever you enjoy in life, you will want others to praise. It's a natural response that whatever you're thankful for, whatever you enjoy, you want the community to join in. And so we say, Hallelujah! Because I want you to see the same thing I see. The vision that I see of God. Don't you dare stop worshiping the Lord in the sanctuary. Because perhaps it's your praise that is going to save my kids someday. Perhaps it is your praise that is going to change the heart of somebody. Come up, come up, come up. I was in Oregon. I was uh, in Salem, Oregon. And a brother came over me and said, I've got a testimony for you. He said, I, I preached something similarly. He said, I've got a testimony for you. He said, I used to be a, a gangbanger. I had, you know, all sorts of uh, drugs that I sold. And also we sold, uh, I guess, handguns and stuff of that nature. He said, we were an evil bunch, man. I mean, we were hard on the drugs and alcohol and, and selling and, and, and all sorts of evil stuff. Shooting at people, all sorts of stuff. He said, uh, I don't know how, but I fell in love with a girl over in my apartment complex. But this girl was pure. She was godly. And so she told me, there's absolutely no way that we can date unless you come to church with me. And so he said, man, listen, I was gangbanging. He said, I'd have to come back from the church to leave my pistol over in the car because I had forgotten. I mean, I was huge on that. He said, it was boring as you'll never believe. He said, I used to fall asleep, but because I liked her, I kept coming every Sunday. He said, I didn't understand the people. I didn't understand their worship. I didn't understand the preacher. I didn't understand anything. I couldn't feel a thing. He said, but one night there was a concert. And he said he got there just, you know, usual. Pants sagging. Just gang banging. Hard as can get. But he wanted the girl. He said he got there. And all of a sudden... It was dark in the room, and he said the spotlight went over towards the altar, and it camped on a dude. And he said he looked at this dude. He was tatted up all up in his face, and he saw him. It was one of the dudes that had tried to kill him years earlier in a gunfight. It was a rival gang member. 
And he said, but when the spotlight hit him, his hands were lifted. And there were tears coming from his eyes. And he said he was crying like a baby. He said, nobody in that place knew him. Only I knew who he was. He tried to kill me. And he said, at first I felt a rage. But the more I saw his sincere heart, he said, the more I saw, no one else understood those tears but me. I understood where God had brought him from. I knew exactly how God had changed his heart. And he said there was something in his praise. He said all of a sudden I lifted my hands. He said my wife now, they have five kids. He said my wife now looked at me and said what? What happened? He said I don't know but that guy tried to kill me. And now I see tears in his eyes. This must be the real thing. I'm telling you, your praise. is necessary for my spirit in your praise i see the fullness of god would you lift your hands all over this would you praise the lord in his sanctuary would you worship the lord in the beauty of his holiness would you worship the Lord for his mighty acts? Would you praise the Lord for his excellent greatness? Would you praise the Lord for what he has done? Would you praise the Lord for who he is? Come on all over this building. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've got to praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it up. I've gotta praise. I I've gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it up. I gotta praise. Oh sing, I I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. So when I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, how he set me free, I wanna dance, 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 dance all night. When I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, how he set me free, I wanna praise.
gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Everybody sing. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I gotta praise. I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. trying to rise all year long. I want you to praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. The greatness of your God that has exceeded all things that you have faced this year. Praise him. Praise him. Worship him. Could you lift your hands right now and receive the word of the Lord that we've just heard? Could you receive the word of the Lord that we've just heard? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could you just let the spirit of the Lord move upon you right now in the precious name of Jesus? Hallelujah. 
There's some praise down deep on the inside of you. <laughs> and God has called to your soul to praise Him. The Lord has spoken to your soul and said, Praise me in my sanctuary. Praise me in the firmament of my power. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. How long has it been since your voice has rang through the heavens in praise to God? How long has it been since you've lifted your voice <laughs> in total adoration of the Lord? Hallelujah. 2020 has not stolen your praise. It did not steal your praise. It did not steal your praise. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Brother Diaz said it when the angel said one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. At the voice of one seraphim, the posts of the door were, were moved. They were shaken and smoke filled the sanctuary. That was at the voice of one. I wonder what would happen if one voice was joined by another voice. And another voice was joined by another voice. And yet another voice was joined by another voice that said he wiped the tears from my eyes. That said he picked me up when I had fallen. He forgave me when I sinned. He redeemed me when I was lost and undone. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Come on somebody, testify with your praise right now. Testify with your praise right now. Praise Him like He really is a good God. Praise Him like He really is a good God. Oh, hallelujah. Bless His name. Bless His name. I want us to lift a high praise unto the Lord right now all across this building. You don't need to wait for anything else to happen. Just praise Him with your whole heart, with your whole heart, with your whole being. Praise Him in the midst of your trial. Praise Him in the midst of your fear. Praise Him in the midst of your confusion. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Come on and praise Him. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and praise Him right now. Go ahead and praise Him right now. Bless His name. Bless His name. Bless His name. Bless His name. We've heard a word from the Lord tonight. We've heard a word from the Lord tonight. And I want us in the name of Jesus to commit ourselves to the Lord afresh. Commit ourselves to the Lord anew. I want us to receive this word in Jesus' name. Take it into your heart and into your soul. And say, I was born to worship his name. I was born to magnify his name. Hallelujah. Brother Aaron Williams, I see precious Eliana praising God. I remember when just a few years ago, we didn't know in our flesh what the outcome would be. Born at just two pounds. Hallelujah. And God has her here tonight dancing with her father, magnifying God. I want to tell you. If you don't have a reason to praise him, or at least you think you don't, why don't you praise God for what he did for this little girl? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm tired of the negativity in our world. I've come to praise God. I've come to lift up the name of the Lord. 
Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? We lift up the report of the Lord. We exalt the report of the Lord. This is his church. This is his hour. This is his kingdom. And we praise his name. I want everybody who's been healed, I want you to praise him. Everyone, everyone who's ever been healed, I want you to praise him. I want everybody who's ever been delivered from a chemical addiction, I want you to praise him right now. Come on and praise him. I want everybody who's ever been delivered from depression, I want you to let that praise rise right now. Ha, hallelujah. I want everybody that has ever been forgiven, I want you to praise him right now. I want everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Everything that hath breath, he kalabashadaya. Everything that hath breath, come on and praise him right now. Yes, you can do all things but fail, cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle, and I know, I know, you never win. Put it in his hands right now and praise him. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. You can do all this year to lift your hands. Come on, you've been through some battles this year. Lift your hands. Come on, the word of the Lord tonight is praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him. Hey, 
Praise Him through every trial. Woo! Praise Him through every battle. Come on, praise Him through every fiery trial. Praise Him through tribulation. Praise Him through sickness. for every person that's going to receive the Holy Ghost in 2021. Can you do that right now? Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. Lord, I give you praise. Can you give God praise for every person that's going to be baptized in Jesus' name in 2021? Come on, go ahead and give God praise for family members that are coming to God this year. This is the year it's happening, and Lord, I give you praise for it right now. Coming into 21, stronger, wiser, better, hallelujah, having more faith, knowing for certain that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, knowing for a fact, hallelujah, that upon this rock he has built his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. We ought to praise God in his sanctuary. Yes, Lord. We have come to a very important part of our service tonight. And what we're going to do is praise. It is worship. We're going to do it in remembrance. <laughs> we're going to praise him for his mighty acts. Hallelujah. Maybe his mightiest act of all. The act of redemption. The act of salvation. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you could stand with us at this time for the Lord's Supper. We'll ask the ushers to come to serve the front rows and those on the platform. But to those that are sitting in every seat except for the front row, there is a little cup with bread in your seat in front of you. As you prepare... I want to read to you from the word of the Lord. From the book of Exodus chapter 12, verse number 12, and verse number 13. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, 
and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. From 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read from the 18th verse of 1 Peter chapter 1 and... We're going to read also from the 19th verse. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 we will begin reading at the 24th verse and we will read through to the 30th verse when Jesus had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The admonition comes to us to examine ourselves, lest we eat or drink of the cup and the bread unworthily and do so to our own damnation. I want you to know none of us are worthy to take this cup or this bread. When the Apostle Paul refers to worthiness, there is only one who is worthy. When we take this bread and this cup, we do so with the understanding that there's nothing we can do for ourselves and in ourselves and of ourselves to bring us salvation. Even this act is an act of remembrance of what he has done, not what we have done. What causes a person to be worthy to take this cup and this bread is for them to understand it is not of your works, lest any man should boast, but it is of the precious works of Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb. Examine yourselves here in this moment. That you understand and that you know that when I take of this cup, when I eat of this bread, I do so in remembrance of the body that was wounded and bruised. The body that was beaten, smitten, stricken of God, afflicted. This body that was not esteemed. We hid as it were our faces from Him. 
In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep dumb before his shearers. So opened he not his mouth. I take of this bread knowing that his perfect innocent body was in fact crucified so that I could have a body that will never die. A body that will live forever and ever. Hallelujah in glory with the Lord. When I take of this cup, I do so in remembrance that there was precious blood that was shed upon an old rugged cross. Hallelujah. And that blood washes my sins white as snow, white as wool. And my life, which is so sin-stained according to the record of my human existence, is washed clean by the blood of the Lamb of God. And I will stand before His throne innocent, blameless, pure, and able to enter into His holy presence, without which I would not be able to enter in. We do so in remembrance. At this time, you can take the bread, which is symbolic of His body that was broken for you. And at this time, you can take of His cup Signifying the blood that was shed upon Calvary's cross. And let us praise God in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and praise Him right now. Come on all across this building. Go ahead and praise Him right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Jesus.
and lift up our voices unto the Lord all across this house in Jesus' name. Come on and give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God has done a work in our midst tonight. Can you reach out and grab a hold of it in the name of Jesus? Glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. God has done a midst, a work in our midst. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Go ahead, somebody claim your healing right now. Hallelujah. Somebody claim deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus. Somebody claim the peace that passes understanding right now. Hallelujah. It will never lose. It will never lose its power. Let us pray together in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every individual that is here tonight, every individual that's tuning in. Lord, I pray that your word would reach us, speak to us. We thank you for the ministry of God's word that has come to us. Lord, let praise always be on our lips. Let, let a rejoicing be always in our heart. I pray in the name of Jesus that as we go from a year that we did not foresee into a year that you know all about, 
and you brought us through with your mighty hand nothing took you by surprise we thank you in advance for every blessing that's coming our way we thank you in advance for keeping us hallelujah in all of our ways we give you praise lord we worship you lord we thank you for what you're doing in the middle of tree of life church in the middle of cincinnati ohio we give you praise for it lord we worship you and magnify your name and we submit ourselves to your work and to your will in the name of jesus christ we pray and the church said in jesus name and the church said amen and amen let's give the lord another hand clap of praise in the name of the lord hallelujah god bless you tonight as you go from 2020 into 2021 with new victory in jesus name hallelujah